Indiana football has a long way to go before it's ready to compete for much of anything in the Big Ten, and this may not be the year for big progress in Bloomington. You are locked on Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Nate Dickinson here. You're tuned in to Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the conference every day of the week. We have today an episode with Jacob Root of Locked On Hoosiers. We're going to preview and recap the spring with Jacob for Indiana, preview the upcoming fall season for Indiana football, and take a look at what the Hoosiers can do to get better this season and what, if anything, Indiana fans have to look forward to on the gridiron. Also, we'll talk Big Ten basketball with Jacob later on as well, as, of course, Indiana is Indiana, and it's a basketball school, so he keeps a close eye on everything going on around the area and around the Big Ten. That's coming up right here, right now on Locked On Big Ten. It's a long conversation here with Jacob, so let's dive right into things. Myself and Jacob Root here on the show. Hey there, you're tuned into Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the conference every day. Alongside Jacob Root, the host of Locked On Hoosiers, I'm Nate Dickinson. We're bringing Jacob on today to talk Indiana football as we continue along with some of these spring recaps for teams across the Big Ten. We'll get Jacob's insight on everything that's going on in Bloomington in what's looking to be another disappointing season if you're an IU football fan, let's be honest. But we'll talk basketball too on the back end of it because this is Indiana, of course. (laughs) So we'll get Jacob in on that as well. But let's start on the gridiron. Jacob, thank you for coming on as always. The biggest story whenever there is one is always a quarterback battle, and IU has one. You've got Taven Jackson on one side. You've got Brendan Soresby on the other side. How did those two look in the spring? Where does this stand as we head into the summer? Two really young quarterbacks uh, in this quarterback battle. Both are redshirt freshmen. Taven Jackson, the younger brother of Trace Jackson Davis, uh, he will – He transferred in from Tennessee, former four-star recruit. Um, It seems like he probably has a little bit of a lead coming into this. I mean, it's one of those situations where you don't really transfer into a school without having some idea of whether you're going to be the starter or not. But there's going to be a learning curve for both of these guys. Brendan Sorsby appeared in one game toward the end of last season. I can't remember the the specific game, but he very much looked like a freshman, <laughs> and uh, it was not a, a particularly good showing. And then they eventually moved on to Dexter Williams at the end of the season. So he, uh, these are two guys that there's a lot of potential there in both of them. It was a Penn State game that Soresby was in, and these two guys have a lot of potential, but. Um, it's potential. It's not actually skill there yet. So Taven Jackson's a, a really exciting um, player and just kind of a name that has IU fans kind of energized, if nothing else, because he is Trace's younger brother. But I mean, this was a, a legitimate, I mean, he's from Indiana. He he was a, a highly rated recruit and for IU to get him was a big deal. So there's a lot of buzz about that. It is a QB battle, but right now, um, it's kind of similar to last year where it was a QB battle, but everybody was like, well, surely Connor Bazelak came in, transferred in here, and he's going to get the job, and he did. 
I would say surely Taven Jackson transferred in here, probably thinking and being pretty secure that he was going to get the job. And I assume he'll be the, the quarterback week one against Ohio State. And not a lot of pressure on him either, right? Coming mm-hmm. in, even if it is a learning curve for him, he, he's in a situation at Indiana where the opportunity to learn is uh, definitely great. A lot to learn there, and we'll see what ends up happening. But I I can't help but agree with what you're saying. It seems like this is a situation where a guy came in, and obviously you don't transfer to ride the bench. We yeah. say that all the time. Another name I want to get to is uh, All-American which yeah. if you're outside of Indiana, you may not have known that the Hoosiers had one, but an all returner on the or all American on the return team, Jalen Lucas, this is a guy who was electric, small guy, really quick guy. And now he comes into a sophomore season where he's quite honestly already proved he's got some of the goods. Where does IU go with this weapon now? Yeah. There was a lot of people clamoring for him to get more touches as the season went along, especially as it, the season kind of went off the rails and things were really taking a turn south. It was just a lot of pleas to get the ball into his hands. And they did that more and more. And he's going to be, he's technically, I guess, a running back. He's an all American for being a returner, but he is a running back. I think they'll put him in a lot of different situations with whether being a running back, whether, Lining up as a slot receiver, he can catch out of the backfield and, and on routes as well. So I think IU will get creative in, in trying to get him the ball. But it, it sounds like IU and the coaching staff also realize that he needs to have the ball. A lot of times the excuse, at least, was that he is small, as you said. He is um, a little guy. And there were concerns about how he would hold up uh, – just physically and and IU ran such that up-tempo offense last season that he couldn't pass block well and he couldn't do everything well so when IU sprinting to the line to call a different play their playbook was really limited with Jalen Lucas on the field again I think a lot of IU fans would say just call plays for him then because what you're doing isn't really working but it, it seems like they've opened up some things and are approaching this differently to get the ball in his hands because yeah, it, when you have an all American talent and you're, especially when you're IU, you just need to have him try to make plays for you. And it'll be interesting to see, there could be some more options and things like that with Taven Jackson. He's a very athletic quarterback as well. So the two of them offer a lot of kind of versatility and, and big playability in the backfield, but Jalen Lucas is absolutely the bright spot with this IU team and uh, where a lot of the excitement for this team on the field is coming from. You mentioned play calling. Uh, Let's talk Tom Allen for a second here. Uh, We've discussed how people in Indiana like him, but I believe win total at FanDuel going into it was three and a half, if I remember right, when it came out. Yeah, I believe so, yeah. All right, so three and a half. Uh, I mean, if it's another season like that, how long is the leash on this guy? Uh, this is a, a really big season for him because the thing that's kept him around for a while is that his buyout was, was really, really big. And this December, it drops significantly. I believe it was around $20 million for a buyout and it drops into, uh, it's under $10 million. I can't remember the exact figure. It, it drops quite a bit. And so this is, I don't, I don't know this necessarily kind of a make or break season. I don't know 
I mean, I don't think there's an expectation for a bowl necessarily because that's not something IU typically does, but it can't be another season like last year, or the year before that, in which things seem to go off the rails and spiral really bad. And, and that's really what happened last year, aside from kind of randomly beating Michigan State towards the end of the season. Outside of that, things have spiraled and, and gotten away from IU and Big Ten play. And that can't happen again. So this is a um, maybe kind of a prove it season and for Tom Allen and that he has to get things right and, and get this looking like it did at one point many years ago, it feels like now, where there's optimism and there's encouragement. There, I mean, we've mentioned you have a what will be a redshirt sophomore, no matter who they pick at quarterback or redshirt freshman, excuse me. And Jalen Lucas is a sophomore. Like you have a really young team. So that is kind of a built in excuse, but they have to show something. And it can't be three wins and being and losing seven games in a row in Big Ten play or something like that again. And we're also at the point where there's no more excuse for Tom Allen to, uh, I mean, I should say these are all his guys. Yeah. Yeah. Guys that he's recruited guys that he's brought in. So uh, that excuse with some of the first few years of a head coach is obviously long gone. So we'll see what he can do with the talent that he's been able to put together here at Indiana. Uh, You mentioned with Indiana, it's a whole lot of stuff that needs to get fixed, but if there is going to be that progress that you mentioned, or at the very least that not falling apart that you hope for, What's the biggest thing that needs to change on the field for Indiana for that to happen? Offensive line is going to be the big thing that uh, Indiana is going to have to have improved. It was really bad last season, especially it seemed like once there was more tape on them and the more they got into Big Ten play, the more teams realized how bad the offensive line was. And it led to them firing the offensive line coach in the middle of the season bringing in a new coach, trying to stabilize things. But everything falls apart when your offensive line isn't good. And I use offensive line hasn't been good for the last two seasons, which coincides with them being really bad the last two seasons. So just having a better offensive line, it really doesn't matter in terms of play calling, who you have under center, whether Jalen Lucas is touching the ball. If three guys are in the backfield within a a snap of a finger – None of that really matters. And that was the types of problem Indiana was running into. So it's definitely going to be the offensive line and just improvement there to allow the rest of the Hoosiers to make those plays and to kind of continue building. We'll be back with more with Jacob Rude from Locked On Hoosiers in just a minute. But first, today's show is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs is the short that's really great for anywhere. If you're looking for a pair of shorts to wear out to the beach, you can put on your bird dogs. If you want to go on a date, you can put on your bird dogs. If you're going to work out, you can go and wear your bird dogs too. If you're just going to bed, they're comfortable enough to sleep in as well. Bird dogs are a little bit of everything. They look good. They feel good too. And the look on the outside is good enough for just about any occasion. It's a great feeling short that comes to you from a great site in birddogs.com and if you head on over to birddogs.com slash locked on college it can get even better go there and put in your promo code 
Locked On College, and you'll be able to get a free Yeti-style tumbler from Bird Dogs as well. Actually, just as high quality as the shorts, too. They sent us one here at Locked On. You can do all of it over at birddogs.com. Check out their extensive line of products and see why everyone's talking about Bird Dogs, not just people here on Locked On. It's birddogs.com slash college. Let's continue along now with Jacob Root here of Locked On Hoosiers. I mean, we could talk about uh, what is success here, what it is that keeps Tom Allen going in Indiana. I mean, forget all the like stuff on paper. What do you want, Jacob? Like, what do you want out of this season for Indiana football? Optimism. Uh, it seems kind of bleak, but uh, it, I mean, IU, I believe, technically did improve by one game or two games last season, but it was they won their non-conference games in a lot of ways that they shouldn't like they got really lucky in non-conference play and then had a really bad losing streak in big 10 play. And the game against Michigan state was one of the oddest games I've ever seen. And IU gets away with that one. If not for that, they end the season on like a eight, nine game losing streak. So just like optimism, especially in big 10 play, I you want to win the non-conference games, but, I don't want to lose nine games in a row, eight games in a row. And, and a lot of them weren't even close. Like a lot of them were you're playing your reserves for the fourth quarter. Just have something, if, if something that feels like a foundation to build upon, it does, there isn't really a win total. I don't think any IU fan is really pointing at. It would be nice to, to match the four wins last season, four or five, maybe a bowl game, but, uh, just kind of something that makes it makes you hopeful again for the future, because the last couple of seasons have been really bleak and there hasn't been a lot of optimism, especially once you get around to October, late October into November, everybody's attention just flips to basketball and everybody forgets about football. So just kind of keeping that interest and keeping it interesting as the season goes along. I think that's a really good gauge. When we get to November, what is it that Indiana fans are talking about? It's going to be basketball. But yes. is football still on the radar at the very yeah. least? I think is a very good gauge for how this Indiana football season went. So we'll see what ends up happening. A whole lot for Indiana to work on here in the offseason. Jacob Brood is going to be there throughout all of it with Locked On Hoosiers covering the football, but also covering the basketball. And we'll get into a little bit of it here with Jacob now as we wrap things up with him. Uh, Jacob, we mentioned before we went on, I mentioned before we went on here that right now you probably know a little bit more about even Big Ten basketball as a whole just than I do, just because you're focusing on the basketball all the time, yep. being the host of this Indiana show. So I know the names, I know the moves that have been making, but I mean, what are some of the biggest things that you've seen in this offseason so far not just with Indiana, we actually we talked about recently mm -hmm. what Indiana has done, but across the Big Ten, what are some of the storylines that you think are the most important? Michigan State's going to be really, really good next season. Yep. Tyson Walker and Malik Hill both will be back, and that's going to be, I mean, we always kind of have the conversation of when is the Big Ten going to win a national title again? I think Michigan State will be in that conversation for most of the season, all the season. They're going to be a top five, top 10 type of team this season. So Michigan State and how good that they're going to be, uh, it, I think, is the biggest storyline. After that, it's a lot of question marks again with the Big Ten, kind of 
in some ways similar to last year where IU was kind of clearly the favorite. And then there were a lot of questions after that. I don't think IU was as good as this Michigan State team is going to be, but you have a lot of other teams kind of filling in lower down, a couple rungs down. Purdue, if Zach Eady returns, is going to be back in that conversation. But, I mean, that's kind of the big question with the Big Ten right now is what is Zach Eady going to do? If if he does stay in the draft, then uh, it's going to be a long season, I would imagine, for Purdue, and they certainly fall out of kind of top 25 uh consideration or anything like that um wisconsin should be good again maryland should be good again but it's going to kind of be a similar situation where you have one kind of really proven team in michigan state and a lot of other teams trying to figure some things out and i mean last year it ended up with purdue kind of being this big surprise and winning the big 10 so certainly anything's possible but i think that's the big thing to watch right now is is whether zach Eady comes back and what the rest of the Big Ten kind of shapes up as. That was exactly where I was going to go next. Obviously, if Edie comes back, they're right back in that national conversation. Do you think he should come back? Because I've been firmly on the side that there's nothing for him to lose by taking another year here at Purdue and potentially becoming an all-time great. Yeah, with the way NIL is at this point, uh, I I think it helps that decision and helps – convince guys to come back I I talked about this a bit last year but I I think that played a role into Trace Jackson Davis coming back but you can look across the country and look at kind of guys who may not fit perfectly in the NBA Drew Timmy at Gonzaga is a a good example Armando Baycott at North Carolina guys who probably could give the NBA a shot would probably be kind of second round picks but you can stay in college basketball and be one of the biggest names in college basketball, make a lot of NIL money. And uh, it, it helps again, it kind of just helps that decision and and you're not losing all that money, I think is a big thing, a big motivating factor when it came to declaring for the draft. So I, I think he probably should come back, but it's one of those things where if he, if he's kind of guaranteed to be a draft pick, and depending on kind of what the feedback is he's getting, I wouldn't blame him for for kind of leaving now and taking that shot if he really thinks he's going to be drafted because I don't really know how much better he can get in terms of like a draft stock and, and his, what he's going to look like to NBA teams. But again, I mean, he's going to make a lot of money if he returns in, in, in IL and he's going to be a, on a Purdue team that'll be really good again. So I, I wouldn't be surprised either way. If I had to guess, I would say he's probably going to come back next season and and make that Purdue team a, another really good team to, to watch. It's just that when you have a situation like this, like you mentioned, he's worried about being a draft pick. Yep. A lot of these guys, the story has always been, I'm worried about whether or not I'll be a first-round draft pick, get that guaranteed yep. contract. So with him, if he comes back another year, it's not like he's – losing value by being a year older next season when he goes to the NBA draft. It's not like whatever shot he had in the NBA isn't going to be there. Maybe he's a late round, maybe he's a late fifties pick right now. And he ends up being someone who's an undrafted free agent next year, but the opportunity to get into the G league and do something is going to be there either way. And if that works or not, the opportunity for an overseas career that could last more than a decade is going to be there no matter what. 
So with that all combined with the NIL money, all combined with the fact that his head coach and the head coach before him had never been to a final four with Purdue. Yeah. It's a whole lot that I think is leaning towards. Yes, he should come back. But at the same time, I, it's never going to be a bad point. The fact yeah. that, Hey, this guy has a chance to play NBA basketball and he might just take it. So yeah. we'll see what ends up happening. Jacob Brood again with locked on Hoosiers. If you want to know what's going on, in Indiana with basketball. We didn't even ask about that. How the Hoosiers looking next year? Exciting. It's going to be a, a much different team and a, a lot of new pieces, but it, it should be a, a really exciting season, I think. We talked with Jacob about all those changes and everything on an episode last week. You can go back and listen to that in its entirety if you'd like. Until then, or until next time, be sure to follow Locked on Hoosiers. Jacob Rood's there every single weekday filling you in on anything you need to know about Indiana. And, of course, they'll be back here on Locked On Big Ten at some point soon. You know that. Thanks again, Jacob, as always, for taking a couple of minutes to chat with us on Indiana Spring Football and, of course, basketball, too. We'll get you back in here soon. Always enjoy it. Another big thank you to Jacob Rude for joining us on the program today. We'll have him back in whenever there's big basketball news around the Big Ten, I know, as he's one of those guys who's always keeping his ear on what's going on in basketball. Well, we have to, of course, focus on football Two here on Locked On Big Ten. But we'll hear from Jacob again soon. Let's hear now before we go a look around all of the news around the Big Ten. On the Diamonds, the Big Ten baseball tournament continues today. There are six teams remaining in the bracket. Maryland and Iowa are the teams in the winner's bracket. They await the winners of today's games. Indiana against Michigan in the loser's bracket and Nebraska against Michigan State. Those two matchups today, they will play Indiana, and Iowa tomorrow in games there. Also in softball, Northwestern is the last Big Ten team standing in the NCAA softball tournament. They're traveling to Tuscaloosa, hopefully, yeah, obviously already there, and they're getting ready to play a three-game set with Alabama. Two out of three wins you the Super Regional and gets you to continue on in this tourney. Alabama, of course, as the higher seed, is the home team in that Super Regional for all three games, which start with the first game here tonight. In the rowing championships, four Big Ten teams make the cut to the NCAA tournament field. Indiana, Michigan, Ohio State, and Rutgers. That's 12 of the last 13 years. The Big Ten has had at least four teams representing the conference. 24 different players have been named to the lacrosse All-American teams, including Maryland's Brett McCarr and Rutgers' Ethan Rawl, who make the first team All-American teams to represent the Big Ten. And also, one more award to hand out. USA Hockey Player of the Year goes to Minnesota's Logan Cooley. There's a whole lot of hardware being taken home around the Big Ten in spring sports. That'll do it here for Locked On Big Ten today. I'm your host, Nate Dickinson. We'll have more with you next week, of course, here on Locked On Big Ten as we continue our spring football recaps with all the hosts from around the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm sure there will be some sort of expansion news that breaks between now and the next time we talk. And for anything that happens between episodes that you want to keep up to date on in the Big Ten, you can follow us wherever you get your podcasts in on YouTube, but also on Twitter at Locked On Big Ten. One zero at the end when you type it out, not T-E-N. I'm Nate Dickinson at Nate with Sports with Locked On.